All right, everybody. I'd like to call to order the December 14th, 2023 Facility Standards Manual Public Review Committee meeting. This meeting is being conducted in an all as an all virtual public meeting as provided for in Virginia Code Section 2.2-3708.3. And committee members disclose that they are members of one or more affected groups and their respective declarations of interest are kept on file in the minutes of the Facility Standards Manual Public Review Committee. And uh, with that, we're officially open and welcome everybody to our meeting. I can't see all the names. I'm not sure if we have a quorum yet, but. Uh, we don't, we don't. We, I think we have six, we need eight. But Laura, you, if you want, you can, let's roll with the administrative. Um, and and I'll hold off on reviewing the minutes and getting a vote on that. That sounds good. Uh, let's see. I'm going to share my screen. So probably the biggest update is that last night the Board of Supervisors did adopt uh, ZOAM 2020-0001, the zoning ordinance rewrite. The vote was 801. And as part of that, they adopted a resolution authorizing and directing the Director of Building and Development to establish those interim uh, technical standards through tech memos, which we had previously discussed. So just to make you aware, that did get approved. Uh, so the Director has authority now to come up and, you know, promulgate some interim standards for the FSM and LSDO while we're preparing the DOAMs for processing. There will still be DOAMs to formally amend the FSM and the LSDA. Anybody have any questions about that? Just curious how many uh, zoning administrator determination requests were filed today? <laughs> that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, the other thing to tell to share is uh, skipping the minutes is the tree work group update. So we did have a work group meeting. Um, it was on December 6th and. We believe that will be our last meeting that we need to have. Um, but we reserved the right with the group to reconvene them if needed. Uh, the group did ask that we forward them agendas where these items were going to be discussed by the full PRC. So they may possibly ask to provide a comment at some of our meetings or just want to um, come and listen if, if they can. So that was just something they requested. Um, Melanie, did you have anything you wanted to add for the tree work group update? No, just um, we really appreciate all the folks that volunteered to be on that. It was a great group, um, some good discussions, and um, looking forward to bringing all of that up to you guys here in the near future. Okay, and so that, I guess we're holding off on the minutes, right, Kevin? We'll just hold off for a bit. I, I guess we have to if we don't have enough to approve them. I'll double check and maybe when Melanie's done, we could we could circle back. Um, so our main topic today is our first set of natural resource division uh, zoning ordinance rewrite items. 
And Melanie Mason, who is a program manager with the Natural Resources Division, is here, as is Gwen Kennedy, uh, the, the Natural Resources Division manager, and several members of staff that have been engaged in the tree workgroup discussions with the workgroup. Um, and she is going to present the items on the agenda. She will tell you where they come from in the zoning ordinance and walk through these changes and some of the comments that were received with with you. Great. Thanks, Laura. So um, as Laura said, my name is Melanie Mason. I am the Natural Resources Program Manager here in B&D. Um, I've been with the county now about a year, so I'm still getting used to the Loudoun County way, um, but it's been a good experience and I have a really good team that is almost all on here with me and I just wanted to give you a kind of a quick overview of, of their background so you'll know the people that are working on these updates and where their level of expertise is coming from. So of course we have Gwen Kennedy who is our division manager. I think she's been with the county um, forever and we also have Anna Doherty is not on the call today. She's our team lead. Um, she had a, a conflict unfortunately so she couldn't make it. And then the team that has been really writing these updates for you is the rest of my group, um, which is Jen Hare. Um, she is a professional landscape architect, uh, Meredith Whitty, whose background is in mining engineering and is currently finishing up her last little bit of training to be our uh, county soil scientist. Um, Alexander Dar. Alex is a certified arborist. Uh, Kyle Dingus is also a certified arborist. And then Mike Ronane is our county urban forester and is also a certified arborist. So we have a pretty wide breadth of knowledge in the group. Um, and they, they're a great, great group of people and they've worked really hard on these updates. So we're really open to bringing these to you and hoping that we have some good discussions and um, can make this process moving forward with the news or easier for everybody. And that's kind of been my directive as we move forward with these updates is that things need to be updated to be easy to use and understandable. So that is where we're coming from when we present these uh, updates to you for the FSM. So just so you know, um, our process is going to be a little different this time around, I think, than some of the stuff that you're used to. And that's based upon the fact that we have so much information to get to you in a very short amount of time to do it. So we are trying to find the most efficient and um, user-friendly way to bring everything to you while being respectful of everyone's time. So our goal is to send out all of our edits to you that we're planning to bring to the meeting um, at least two weeks prior to the meeting to give you an opportunity to comment on those. And then we'll take those comments back We'll make edits where we can, where we agree. We'll just go ahead and shoot those edits through so that we don't need to discuss them. And then if there's areas where we need to discuss more or things that we um, maybe don't see eye to eye with immediately, we'll bring those forward to the meeting. So if we don't get comments on something, we're going to assume that it is ready to go through for the process. If you want to bring it up during the meeting, that's fine. But if we're not going to go line by line through everything, um, particularly if we don't have comments on it. We're going to assume that those are ready to go. So again, we think this is really the most efficient way to move forward, knowing that um, we have such a, a large amount of information to get through. So for today, we sent out recommended changes for the DCR DWR process, um, table three for the plant species updates, 
the tree cover inventory requirements in the MOD, the updates for the signature signatory for the landscape plans, and then the ANSI material uh, language changes. Uh, we received a couple of comments. Um, a few were just typos. If you send us a comment on a typo, we just fixed it. So we fixed all of those. Um, we did get comments about the term natural resources program staff being the approval authority. So we went through and changed all of those to director. Um, and our intent was just to try and clarify who was um, going to actually be reviewing and approving things, but understanding based upon feedback that was not the normal FSM wording. So we changed it to be more consistent with the FSM. So everywhere that previously had natural resource program staff has been changed to director. And we did not get any comments. We got a few other wording comments, which I'm going to go over with you just to show you that we changed them. We didn't get any substantive comments on the tree cover inventory requirements, the updates to the signatory for the landscape plans, the ANSI materials. We did get a little bit of a comment on the, the um, plant species, so we'll go through that, and the DCR, DWR process, so we'll go through that. But I'm not gonna go through um, the tree cover inventory requirements, the signatory for landscape plans, and the ANSI plant materials, unless someone has specific comments they want to go through, then we can bring those up and go through it. That's fine. So the first thing I'm going to start with is the tree cover table, or the, I'm sorry, the tree table, FSM table three. Hopefully, did that pull up the FSM table so that you can see it? Yes, you might need yeah. to make it bigger, though. Make it bigger. All right. So the go. only is that better. The only yes. actual change that was suggested was here. Um, it's that C note here, um, and there was no note, so we added the section that it needs to refer back to. We did get a comment from Peter that more or less requested us to add some additional information about. Um, species that is usable, um, let's see what his exact terms were, um, environmental tolerances and potential issues. I think they do that in um, some other counties where they have another uh, column for environmental tolerances and potential issues. Um, we are not going to go forward with that recommendation um, based upon what we have worked through. Um, we feel like that can be really subjective and there's not a lot of really good data out there to say what can be or what is an environmental tolerance or a potential issue for a certain plant in a certain area. And we also feel like it can it can get too restrictive. While it might be just a recommendation, sometimes as people start reviewing these things, they can start looking at it more as requirements and it, it just adds more and more restrictions to what you can plant in an area. So we really want to leave this flexible. We had to change the plantings um, to what would be native. Uh, so we have done that. But we really want to allow the designers to be able to choose which plants that they feel are the best for their site and their plan based upon their knowledge and their research. So that is why we, we are not recommending to add those environmental tolerances or potential issues to, um, to this uh, document. So I'm happy to take any comments or questions about that or the rest of the document if you have comments or questions. Melanie, this is Kevin. I have a question sure. in general. That column for uses, um, 
for utility lines or gateway corridor. If nothing is uh, identified, I'm assuming that species is acceptable anywhere. Uh, and if you have a, otherwise, if you have a GC or a U note, that that species is particularly uh, applicable to that either utility line or gateway corridor condition. Alex, for, did you want to speak to that? For example, sure. just look at the Ohio Buckeye. There's nothing noted there. What does that mean when there's nothing noted? Sure. You know, I'd, I'd be happy to take that question. Um, I wouldn't say that it means that they're appropriate anywhere. I would say that in the case of the utility lines, those trees are particularly suited for utility lines. Not all trees are appropriate. Large oak trees, for example, not necessarily right. appropriate to put under utility line. Um, as well as the gateway corridor has a restricted list of species that are appropriate for those sites. So it's kind of the opposite. It's kind of that certain use cases require certain trees um, to be considered. Um, and those are the uses that are uh, outlined in that column. So I, I can do them outside of the use? Correct. I just don't want anyone to read that and interpret the way you just asked, Kevin, because I could see that happening. We could maybe add a note to clarify that if you think that would be helpful. Yeah, perhaps, you know, the arborists and whatnot in our group fully understand that. <laughs> I, I was a little confused that, I mean, I get if there's a GC, that means that yellow buckeye, for example, is, is particularly applicable to the gateway corridor. Well, and, would you mind scrolling up just to the top of that table? Let's say that again. So this is our existing language for that. Um, if you think that that can be clarified, we can look at that. Oh, OK. No, that's good. Yep. Okay. Thank you. Well, um, so is, are, are we saying that we're saying they're better suited? I understand that. But so does that mean if you're doing a utility, you're in a utility line, you have to use something that's listed with the U next to it? Because if we do, if, if that's the intent, is that it recorded or you're going to have to use something that has GC or utility, you have to use something that is you. We ought to change that um, upper part of the table so that it, that's clear to um, to the designer that they need to be picking from those. Well, the GC is specific, Cody, I think. It, it says that, you know, in your gateway corridor. Uh, shall oh, be yeah, right. Yeah, I'm sorry. The GC yeah. already it does say that it's the utility lines. Right. Yeah. Right. And I is it? And let's be careful about utility lines in the table versus. Are we actually meaning overhead utility lines? Because yes. I don't want that. To, I don't want that to be interpreted to mean underground utility line easements as well. We it's, we can add it overhead. Says overhead. It says overhead. Yeah, it says overhead. Yeah. Up there it does, but I'm saying in the table down below. In here it doesn't. We can add that. That's not a problem. That's that's simple. And just to add on to the gentleman's earlier question, um, we do not restrict the species that are permitted to be planted under those dominion. In some cases, certain utility providers do have those restrictions. Um, we just make recommendations. A lot of times, the property owner chooses to prune the trees under the lines, um, and you know it's not best our cultural practices, but that's. Uh, we will allow that freedom for the people planting the trees. Hmm. So there's flexibility in a utility line, but not in the gateway corridor. Correct. 
Okay. I, I missed the note at the very top. I think that does help clarify that. No problem. Any other comments, questions? I just, uh, not a comment. I got a general comment was, uh, it, it's, it's link related and I, I'm sure, um, was the intent of all these hyperlinks to work in the FSM? Yes. Yes, a lot of them are outdated and no longer working, Laura. So just let's make sure when we roll this new thing out that we check those out and that they actually do go to the right location. I suspect that some of those might have been broken in the editing process. I'm not quite, surprised. Quite possible. <laughs> editing this thing is a, a bit of a challenge. And if someone could comment just in general, you know, there's a number of species that have been eliminated. Is that because they're not native or are there multiple different reasons that they were eliminated? Alex. Yeah, I'd be happy to address that. Um, there's a number of different reasons. We didn't eliminate very many species from this. Um, there was a case of uh, some trees have new pest outbreaks um, that have occurred since this was last edited. Um, in the case of the Virginia fringe tree, that is, acts as an alternate host for the emerald ash borer, which has basically killed all the ash trees in our in our region. Um, and best practice at this time is to not plant any alternate hosts to allow that, see if the, see if without the ash trees, that species, the pest species kind of uh, reduces its population. Um, so we've removed some like that in response to pest problems. Um, there were a, a couple trees that just don't perform in an urban landscape, and we don't want to recommend them. Um, this list does not act as the exclusive list of trees that are allowed to be planted in the county. You, uh, you can always get the urban foresters um, okay if you want to plant additional tree species. Uh, but we just changed it based on best practices, things that have emerged in the arboricultural profession um, kind of in the intervening time since last time this was edited. Okay. I, I'm not challenging that. I think and I will express my appreciation for this committee doing all the heavy lifting before it came into our uh, work group here. So um, thank you for doing that. All right, I'll do last call for comments or questions and then we'll move on. All right, so we'll move on to the next one, um, the tree cover inventory. There was a comment for us to please remove the word accurate, so we did. Um, that was the only comment we received on this, so the word accurate has been removed and it now just says location. You got to help me out where we're at. I'm, give me one second. I said 7.306. Yeah, 7.306. There's a requirement for a tree cover inventory in the mountainside overlay district, and this just lists out those requirements. And like I said, the only comment we received on that was it originally said accurate location. So we just removed the word accurate and now it just says location as requested. Okay. Okay, so we'll move on to the next one, um, which is uh, the tree conservation and landscape plans. We did not receive any comments on who could prepare those. Um, so 
that stays the same. And the only comment I believe, I'm just gonna scroll real quick. Okay, we have a comment and a typo, was that this originally said um, in 7302, tree conservation and landscape plans, the landscape planting schedule originally said all tree and shrub sizes. We were requested to remove the word all, so all has been removed. Um, and then in this section below, that was just a typo that we corrected. I think it said R instead of or. And that was the only comments we received on these sections. And all of this, again, went through the tree work group as well. All right, so I think with that, I'll move on to the one section I think where we received the most comments. And so this is one that we're going to need to discuss a little bit more in depth, and that's the DCR DWR section. Um, for awareness, this did not go to the tree work group. This um, is coming to you alone um, because this isn't related to trees. So it didn't go to the tree work group, um, which maybe that's why we got more questions on it because it hasn't been reviewed um, prior to this. So we had a lot of questions to, on this and a lot of comments from, from you all on this about um, how this is going to be applied, timelines, um, restrictiveness, whether or not we have the authority in the county to review these things. So I just wanted to present to you a little bit of information on that first so that you can understand um, where this is in the zoning ordinance um, and then kind of our thought process and our um, reasoning for the way that it's been presented. And then also show you some of the changes that we made based upon the comments that we got, and then we can kind of go from there. So this is gonna, this is my little PowerPoint, and if I could get this to look correctly, see if I can make this work. There we go. Um, can does it is it showing the right screen with the PRC meeting pulled up? Yes. Yes. All right. Thank you. So basically, uh, this is where we believe that the requirements, the new requirements for the DCR and DWR coordination are coming from. Um, in the comprehensive plan, there is section six that goes into the natural environmental and heritage resources. And one of the actions in that under 1.1 is D to update the facilities standard manual, the LSDO and other standards to implement um, the natural environmental and heritage policies in these plans. So that we believe this gives us um, the go ahead to make the FSM updates that are needed to be made. And then also in the comprehensive plan, um, there is a requirement Elizabeth. under policy six um, to require development applications to identify Loudoun County's natural heritage resources through um, coordination with DCR. So these could, are our comprehensive we, plan areas. And could we then, pause for yeah. just a could we sure. pause sure. for just Sorry, a moment Sorry, I can't there. see you on the screen right now. So if you have questions, you have to uh, yell at me. This is Kevin again. Can everyone please mute their line? That's not Kevin. Here we go. So I understand the nexus that you're explaining between the uh, comprehensive plan and references to the FM. Um, 
I'm not aware of circumstances in the past where that has been exercised. Um, and, you know, that's one comment. Second comment is, has the county attorney's office uh, opined that this is appropriate? And the third thing is, you know, our time here is so precious trying to bring things in accordance with in the FSM in accordance with the adopted ZOR that are we stepping outside our lane at this moment uh, addressing things in the comprehensive plan that aren't that don't have a specific reference in in the adopted ZOR. No, so um, I'll say it does. If you let me get through the rest of this, I can kind of show you where all that is. Um, so maybe hold hold those thoughts for like five minutes. Is that fair enough? Fair enough. All right, thank you. So chapter five um, in the ZOR references um, the Virginia Natural Heritage Resources and Virginia Wildlife Habitat. And it also references that when resources cannot be avoided, um, they must consult with the county and other review agencies to develop protective measures and alternative mitigation measures. Um, and then again, in chapter six, uh, under general development standards and the RISCR, um, the ZOR again mentions that Virginia Natural Heritage Resources and Virginia Wildlife and Habitat must be identified on the site. Any, co any proposed covered activities must demonstrate no disturbance or impacts to the natural heritage resources as verified by uh, DCR. And then this, it's basically the same thing for the wildlife habitat with DWR. So that's where we believe this authority lies for us to require these things to be submitted. And then there's also chapter seven, um, which is open space, um, surprisingly. Uh, that does end up being related to this as well, because now the county is going to give bonus open space, so 150% open space for conservation of natural heritage resources or for protection and restoration of wildlife habitat. And for us to be able to evaluate whether or not the areas that are being proposed to qualify for bonus open space, we'll need to have those identified. And if there's mitigation required, we'll need to have that identified as well. So I think these three sections of the ZOR are where we were coming from with um, our um, updates and why we included this in the FSM. I would so say fair. Fair enough. Okay, thank you. All right, so we'll go back to. Um, and I think I think Melanie, I just want to say, I mean, sure, I understand this, but these kind of broad requirements are. It's really going to be delicate how we see the need to implement it, and and. And I think that's where we're going to go, you know, is going to be probably going to require a lot of back and forth discussions because, um, sure. you know, there's just that, just that. And, okay. and, and that's fair. I agree. So can we go we, back to the slide, too? No. Yes. Which one? Um, so some of them, it's like it's kind of duplicate language, like this one and yeah, five and six are duplicate. Five and six are definitely duplicates across the different ones. There was one beforehand. 
That was, that was the comprehensive plan. Not, then, yeah, I'm not worried about the comprehensive plan or <laughs> anything. And then seven is the open space. It might have been five. The mountains, maybe the mountainside overlay district. But anyways, mm -hmm. like, so when I read six and seven on cha in chapter six and seven, I mean, the, the thing that it says is <laughs> as verified by by DCR. So as mm -hmm. I read the door, it sounds like they're, you know, as you guys know, this is a process we do already sure. on, and I feel like it's still same. We're not changing that process. I don't see where it says it's uh, done on on county authority, and I don't think we have an objection with providing the findings. It's the implement it's the implement implementation part that we're gonna, I think, struggle with. Sure, and I think if you look at um, the language that's proposed, we're not really asking for anything out of the ordinary or anything that um, hasn't been submitted before. Alex or Jen, you can correct me if I'm wrong on that. They work very hard on this and they know this a little bit better than me. So Alex or Jen, this typically is what we're asking for now. Um, we feel like this gives you consistent information for what you need to give us for every application clarifies what we're looking for and clarifies who's reviewing it and it's going to make the process quicker and that's our goal is for us to be able to clarify and make this process quicker um the deliverables so the report of findings if you need to have that is um basically the dcr or dwr reports that you run through with them um, so that's what that is and then the mitigation is um, any mitigation for impacts, which you have to do now, particularly for wetlands. So I think that's that's what we're asking for. Um, we originally had this, this originally set for approval, review and approval by the director in coordination with DCR. And we took that back and we didn't, we agreed that the wording maybe was a little bit of a stretch, a stretch. So we just said, for review by the director in coordination with DCR. So we took out that word approval that I think was a little bit of a sticking point. And then the other sticking point I think we had was um, this originally said first submission, and now we changed that to second submission. I know that the request was to change that to prior to final approval. Um, we are recommending second submission because we think that going to final approval is kind of kicking that can a little too far down the road and then we find ourselves in a position where we don't have this information we need it and it's taking too long to get it and everyone starts getting angry um, because things aren't getting approved so if we can go ahead and do this earlier in the process we feel like that gets things moving and uh, keeps us moving along so that we don't get stuck at the last minute trying to get this information together and it can change your plan too. So if you're inadvertently um, going into an area that you didn't realize was um, an, a habitat or a wildlife resource or a wetland or something along those lines, and now you have to change your plans around. So I think this kind of clarifies those requirements earlier in the process, but certainly open to questions or comments about that. So, so let me ask, what is a report of findings based on a field assessment. So um, Alex or Jen, you want to explain yeah. how that goes through? Sure, I'd be happy to. So oftentimes the DCR will 
uh, they'll do a database search of their available information. Um, example information that they will provide includes words like um, or statements such as specimens of the species have been obtained within a two mile radius or habitat is likely to exist within the project site. Um, oftentimes they don't have specific, they haven't had a field biologist specifically perform a field assessment in this area and the, on that particular parcel, um, but they have reason to believe from their data that it is likely that a species of concern is located on the parcel. Um, if they say that there is there is that likelihood that a species of concern occurs on the parcel, um, we're asking the applicant to submit a habitat assessment um, to verify whether or not um, that habitat or that species is present on the parcel. Okay, so um, I guess this is this undefined process that that I'm worried about. So you're you're saying this, and I'm I'm just going to be very general. This thing needs to be done, and yet there is no guidance on even the correct name because you just used a different name that it spells out here in the wording and there's no guidance on what that is. Now, that may be something I just don't do because I don't know anything about it. And maybe there is this biologist or um, environmental person that works for some other firm that does it, but it's, it's kind of unclear is what I'm saying. Um, and so I'm not sure I even agree with doing the studies, but this is where I will be going is saying, you know, this just isn't clear enough. If it's triggering a thing, the thing needs to have a commonly used title and a, uh, an outline of what it means to do it, prepared by a so-and-so person, it, uh, that kind of outline. And I will say the same thing with reference to the second sentence, which is says, you know, uh, we need to submit a plan for impact avoidance or mitigation. Okay, what is that? Who's reviewing that? Is this a thing? Is this should be in capital letters because it's a known thing that the uh, certain industries prepare? You know, if we say that something requires a geotechnical study, um, there's a whole bunch of everybody goes, okay, I know what that is. Right. Um, and and this seems to be just kind of not that clear. Like, I, you know, and so just be aware of that. Now, I, I want to caveat that this still scares the heck out of me. I don't know what we're talking about here. And this just, just feels like I wrote it in my comments to you, Melanie, and I, and mm -hmm. I, I'm, we have had very bad experiences over the last several years where this kind of easygoing open language turns into a massive amount of, of review that ends up holding up all of the plans. And it was this kind of innocent way of approaching it that just blows up into um, a whole new county process. Um, sure. It's I'll, I'll say it. It's the proper compliance form. It was a form that we wrote in here that's supposed to be done at, for bond release. And it's now one of the most major holdups in our plan review process. Never thought that way. Never intended that way. It was not outlined that way when we met with staff. And yet it, it moved there because it did. It it wasn't and defined, right? <laughs> it wasn't defined. And that's where I'm kind of going is this feels like um, that two years from now, we're sitting here saying, you know, I couldn't get my preliminary plan approved because I don't have my mitigation plan. 
And wait a minute, what's the mitigation plan? We talked about this being a simple thing that came from the state. I'm sorry. I'm not really trying to be sarcastic as much as I am just pointing out the the refinements that are needed. I, I hear you. I hear what you're saying, and I understand where you're coming from. Um, I think the, the first part is typically what we do now. So C and D in their own, just to clarify, is what um, we go through now where you go to DCR and you say, is there anything identified here? I and totally then, agree. That's okay. that. We get that process. But and you're worried any, about V and you, there VI, was some, which um, I realize are the wrong was, numbers. But Yeah, there was some other additional uh, item that was added, but it still sounded like a DCR kind of research. I think there was some GIS or something like that step that was outlined here. Those types of things, providing that data, getting that to the county at the right time, no problem. It's when it triggers a thing that follows. Um, and, right. And, and just to add on, I mean, isn't this already a, a, a step in the process the development world does at the state level? So now that it's in, I think now that it's in our zoning ordinance, so yes, but it's now not, that it's, it's in our zoning ordinance, we it's were. Not, it's the exact same though. It's still saying it's done at the state level. Like I don't, correct. I don't understand how it trickles down to now it's a, a county thing. It's in the zoning ordinance now. Is that, this is how where we're coming from? Is that it's in the zoning ordinance now? So we need to have these things so that we can verify that it's where, been done because it's a requirement of the zoning ordinance. I didn't see it in the zoning ordinance to say that it's coming from a county review. I, I saw that it came from a state review in the zoning ordinance. So what you're sorry, I'm trying to understand what you're saying. What you're saying is that we're overstepping by saying that we need to review it that you should you should just be able to submit the information. Well, it's like there's a there's a process in place today that, mm -hmm. that everyone already goes through at a state level. And now we're going to subject ourselves to an uh, an additional review from the county level. And yes. I, I'm quite I'm questioning why is that needed? Sure. Um, and you're you're pointing to the zoning and I'm I'm saying I don't read the zoning ordinance to say it that way. The zoning ordinance still says like with DCR, Department of Wildlife. So I, I don't understand how you came to the conclusion of county level. Yeah, so I think that we would we would argue that um, because it's in the zoning ordinance that we're responsible for ensuring that compliance has been demonstrated with those sections so that we're doing that to make sure that we have that information and those sections have been complied with. So are you saying you don't think if we did it at a state level, it wouldn't be in compliance? But we need to make sure that we get that information as well so that we can look at it. The situation that we currently work with on a on a daily basis with our site plans is that the state agencies do not work on the granular level of information that we require to apply the zoning ordinance standards. Um, they work on regional scales, you know, several mile radi radii, um, you know, general much broader areas than what we are required to apply per the zoning ordinance. Uh, for example, if somebody wants to apply for 150% open space credit uh, for conserving wildlife habitat in accordance with the Northern Virginia Wildlife Action Plan, Northern Virginia Wildlife Action Plan states a number of species of concern, their general habitat requirements. Um, if you were to request DWR review a site for how, um, how appropriate the habitat is for any of those particular species, um, they'll give you a list of species that occur within a two to five mile radius. It just really does not provide the detailed level of information that's required by the zoning ordinance. We're still receiving our guidance from the state on what species are of concern, what species may have appropriate habitat. 
Um, but in order to apply these um, kind of on a project basis, uh, we need to be able to 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 review the data. Thank you, Alex. Yeah, it's, again, it's not the way I read it. it. It's it's written as as verified by the Virginia Department of Conservation and Recreation. That's what the zoning ordinance says. LED wanted flash back to that one of those sections just of the zoning ordinance. So this is chapter five. Is it big enough for you to see? So that's specific to the mountainside overlay district. Mm -hmm. And then at the next one is one here. Yep, which is nope. development standard. In the development standards, like chapter six. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm pointing out that it says verified by the Virginia Department of Conservation and Recreation, or the other one says verified by the Virginia Department of Wildlife and Resources. Yeah, it doesn't say by Loudoun County staff. And so I, I might hear you on the Mountainside Overlay District um, if we want to focus in on that, because that, that was a little bit more, uh, more text cool. there alluding to the FSM. Well, where's the applicability of this? Is this just in risker buffers, steep slopes and moderate steep slopes? It was open space, natural, uh, natural environmental resources, and the mm -hmm. mountainside overlay and the mountainside overlay district. Open space, yeah. Sorry. So, so six, six and chapter six and chapter seven, both allude to as verified by basically the state level. Understood, but this is not a countywide requirement. This is only in certain environmental areas. Right. And I don't think the FSM draft language says that. Correct. So let me just interject here. Um, Jason Hobby's on the line and has asked Melanie that you please zoom out so he may see the introduction to the table. Oh, I don't think I have the table on here. Hold on. Let me see. I've got it on. I do not have those pulled up. So Give me a minute unless somebody else has them pulled up and they can show it. And I don't have them pulled up on my other part either. He says, never mind. Okay. Sorry, Jason. And I don't see how it says to do this with within the county. If I'm going to talk specific to open space or natural and environmental resources. Agreed. I mean, this is the law and the law is telling us this is the law that they just adopted and they said it's got to be verified by the Virginia Department of Conservation and Recreation. So are you saying that this is data that DCR and um wildlife resources would provide and that it would just be shown by the applicant on the plan but it would not prompt any additional investigation it's it's we provide the information it's uh as we always have and that's we're not 
Uh, I don't think we have any heartache over that. It's our understanding, the understanding of staff that this zoning ordinance goes above and beyond what the existing process is for verification of natural heritage resources. The current letters that we receive from DCR state this area has potential for these rare natural heritage resources to exist. Current process is that we receive that letter and we move forward with the development. The current zoning ordinance requires the applicants to demonstrate no disturbance or impact to those natural heritage resources. That's not currently how the process works and we need to create the process to verify that. But it's as verified by DCR. It's not as verified by Loudoun County. It's not, and that's that's just, they were very specific in this language. We're saying it's incorrect. We need to correct the ordinance. But to to create another process that's contradictory to the express language of the zoning ordinance that was just adopted is is incorrect. On any topic, not just on natural resources. I mean, our 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 role is to implement the zoning ordinance and um, that changed the FSM as proposed. I don't think I don't think does that. The FSM should be saying provide evidence that you've submitted it to the Virginia DCR and that they've agreed that there's no impact. And then staff, I think what we're saying is that staff needs to get that information so that we can verify it to enforce enforce the zoning ordinance. Well, your verification will be something back from the state that says, yes, these guys submitted their yeah. their plan and they and they've demonstrated no disturbance or impact satisfactory to the Virginia Department of Conservation and Recreation. So I understand that right today, you know, they're not opining on whether you're impacting or not. They're just saying, here's here's what's there. But this ordinance is saying that we need to get the state to opine on whether it's disturbance, not staff, not not B&D. There's nothing in here that says B&D, but but BND's role is is to say is to ensure that we actually have gotten the letter, the, or, get, or the gotten a letter from DCR saying that there's no disturbance or no impact, not just what's there, but that they've yeah, agreed with that. So and, and I think what we're saying is that we don't we, we don't get that information now. So you, you'll have to ask. So the FSM should require that we provide that letter yes. back from the state to you. Yeah, not not review it and right scrutinize it. I guess it, it's kind of like I mean I'm going to say similar with wetlands. Um, the this and this was you know historically a, a big sticking point with wetlands as well is that we started getting the county and the state and the Corps of Engineers all regulating wetlands, mm. um, but today we submit wetlands uh, delineation and we provide evidence of a permit and we provide evidence of the delineation but staff doesn't review whether they think the impact should or shouldn't have been allowed or permitted or mitigated staff is saying show me that give me the number of the jd and give me the permit information for you, your grading permit and i think that's that's kind of the process i'm describing seems appropriate based on what the zoning ordinance language is that we should be going out to the state and the state is going to opine on are we are we impacting or not so is your is your point of contention just this 
sentence right here for review by the director is that really what this boils down to is that you don't want this to be contingent upon a staff review i don't see any authority for that yes okay and, so that's and the, that's, the authority given in the zoning ordinance the requirement is that it is that that decision be made by the state okay and so staff's role should be to ensure that that the um developer or the applicant is getting that review and approval by the state not just a not just a letter saying oh here's what's there because i understand you, you're saying well just telling us what's there isn't sufficient to say you're not impacting it so there's another step i think i'm in agreement that there's another requirement beyond what's there today okay. but i think that requirement happens at the state level right. according to the zoning ordinance sure <clears throat> you know it's not the best wording in the zoning ordinance but we no it's not you know it, it could have been much more specific in one direction or the other as far as <clears throat> what is being verified by dcr is, is dcr verifying that oh yeah we said that these uh natural resources may potentially be in the area or is it that dcr is verifying that you've demonstrated no disturbance or impact it, it is a very poorly worded sentence I do not disagree with you at all on that. Um, I wish it was worded differently as well. Right. Um, okay, so really what this boils down to is, I think from what I'm hearing, and I just want to make sure that I'm clear on what the issue is, is that um, you all don't like the words for review by the director. You would rather it just say the report of findings and then if there is a presence of natural resources based upon that field assessment, then you have to give us a plan for avoidance or mitigation because that is what's in the zoning ordinance. No, well, I don't see no. that in the zoning no. ordinance no. either. It, it yeah, says that you would have a mitigation or uh, avoidance plan that's reviewed by the state agency. Right. Yeah, I think it's because it says they must demonstrate no disturbance or impact. Mm -hmm. um, so if you have impacts, you always have to provide mitigation. That's just at, as but, verified by the department. Mm -hmm, sure. that to the state. So again, it's the state deferral. Sure. I, but I don't think in that one we didn't have any language about for review. Yes, you did. It's submit a plan for impact avoidance and mitigation. But does it say like for review or approval? I see what you're saying, but it didn't specifically say that like it has up here. I, mean, I, I have this same heartburn for how this is running as if as okay. if it required me to provide a copy of my um wetland mitigation plan yeah right to okay. to county staff review i um i there's no question in my mind that i've got to do it there's no question that it's a requirement but um it's, it's something that this that the board of supervisors says is to be reviewed by at the state level um staff's job should be limited to ensuring that yes the state did review it not not looking at what did they review or okay. what did they agree or not agree with but um you know there needs to be a, a letter back from the state just like just like you get a letter from a, from a wetland thing um and i mean the zoning ordinance and they're not trying to be difficult on this but 
there is so many. Uh, we, we get wrapped around a word in the zoning ordinance so many times on so many different levels, and we need to follow what the zoning ordinance says. And if it's and if we think oh, it's incorrect, can I, can I then we need to question? add it to the next zoning because there will be one trying to correct, just like there was in 1994 or 1995, and you know. Yeah. Uh, Who was that? Who was asking to speak? That's John, John Lovegrove. I, I just wonder what the process currently is if the um, staff disagrees with the state assessments, do they have the authority to go back to the state and say, we don't agree and with the developer and say, we need to, we need to um, upgrade this or make it more granular? Or do they just say, yes, the state reviewed its stamp? In the case of wetlands, it's, it's verified and permitted by the state period and the county staff really can't opine on that once it's been once a permit has been issued in the case of wetlands Alex do you want to speak so to what the, the current process is yeah I'm asking if 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 the intent of the zoning ordinance to give is to give this county a, um, a role in deciding whether or not the state determination is appropriate um, yes, the, like the current, current process, process is that, let you do that unless there are verified threatened and endangered species on a site, there's no other habitat assessment or avoidance or mitigation required. Um, per the zoning ordinance, there's a much now much more requirement for identifying those wildlife action plan species, which is not currently undertaken for identifying natural heritage resources. Um, which is not and and uh, avoiding those impacts, which is not currently a process that that is undergone by the applicants. Um, so there are several new conservation um, kind of processes that need to take place uh, per the new zoning that, ordinance that, that, that are not currently taking that place. That don't don't take place at the state level currently, and are not planned to take place at the state level. I can't that's speak to the state level. Question. I can only say what's. Is there an inferred requirement for the county to do this if it's not done at the state level? And the ZOR is asking for it. So can, I don't believe the I... ZOR is inferring anything, John. I think it's very specific if you read the language there. It's, it references a state agency, depending on whether it's wildlife or natural heritage resources. Doesn't say anything about and and verified by the county, you know, director of building and development or whatever. Okay, I guess I'm I'm not understanding the discussion then because there seems to be a, I guess I'm, I'm hearing that there's a higher, more granular requirement that's in the ZOR that currently doesn't get processed by the state, and that's what the staff's trying to address. When you had something you wanted to say. Yeah, and, and I'm trying to make I, I don't know if the the so the ZOR is is here to implement the comprehensive plan, right? It is the regulation that implements the vision. When you look at the actions of the comprehensive plan, it specifically says that the required development applications to identify Loudoun County's natural heritage resources through coordination with VDs, um, the Department of Recreation, um, 
and the Natural Heritage in the Virginia Department of Game and Inland Fisheries. For those development applications that have a likely presence of one or more natural heritage resources, the county will require the applicant to conduct relevant assessments. In cases where the presence of the species identified, the county will require the applicant to develop and submit a plan for impact avoidance. So, to me, the language in the ZOR is supposed to be reflective of what's in the comp plan, which is why staff is has the language they do in relation to the request, because that's exactly asking for what the comp plan anticipated, which is if there is an impact that's been identified by DCR or those agencies, then they are supposed to do relevant assessments and then develop and submit a plan for impact avoidance. I, I don't disagree that that's what the comprehensive plan says, but that is very, the comprehensive plan is very specific about saying the county. I don't know how the zoning ordinance would have missed that, but it did, and it doesn't say the county in the zoning ordinance. And I think well, our, our task here is to go. Um, I'm going to interject. Ordinance. This is Jason. You have to keep in mind, too, that the zoning ordinance needs to be read in the context of 15.2-2286. That vests the zoning administrator with all necessary power to administer and enforce the zoning ordinance on behalf of the Board of Supervisors. So, I mean, it goes without saying the county, the zoning administrator gets to administer this provision. Um, hey, Melanie, can you put up that Chapter 5 or the Chapter 7 open space? Um, I'm noticing, too, that the version that's posted online of uh, the zoning ordinance that I guess got posted last night post-adoption, there's some minor differences. Um, yeah, I looked for it earlier, and it wasn't there. Well, hold on. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm just uh, reading this too much. Okay. It is up now. Um, I, I looked at it just about an hour ago. Okay. Yeah, earlier they missed chapter. Well, I guess chapter seven was there, but they missed chapter five and six. So, well, I guess that maybe what we are debating is the question is what does it mean as verified by the Virginia Department of Wildlife Resources? Or the Virgin uh, that with regard to wildlife habitat and for for natural heritage as verified by the Devar Virginia Department of Conservation and Recreation. That's the question. What does that mean? That's, that's uh, I think it. I, I think the comprehensive well. plan goes further than the than the. Um, we don't. And the John, with all due respect, we the the FSM doesn't implement the the comprehensive plan. I, I understand yeah. that, but I think we're talking about a discrepancy between the two. That'll eventually make it down to the FSM if it gets fixed. Can I can I ask a facilitation question here? At this point, but I just have a facilitation question. Um, do we agree an a site specific assessment is needed? And is the is that are we in agreement that that's required? And if so, is the only debate about who gets to review that site specific assessment? No. I think we got on board on that one. I mean, the report of findings based on field assessment and coordination with DCR. I think it sounded like everyone was on the same page with that. That's so no objection to the field assessment. 
Well, I don't, uh, no, I mean, I don't know no, why we're saying, we're saying a report <laughs> yeah. of findings, a report of findings, meaning where's your DCR letter that talks right. about the report? Okay, I guess I'm going back one. So, so help me out. This says the first part is the letter. So everybody's okay with the letter. Yes, I would assume yes. Yes, yes. Okay. So then the I think what Laura was then asking is then is this one acceptable? The report of findings. Sorry, I don't know why this is. Well, I'll. Well, I, I, I'm a little late. I missed on this, but it, the letter should just be changed to say you need to. The letter needs to say that you don't impact any resources. Is that kind of what? The letter we get from the state should say. I think there's two letters. You get one letter that says whether or not there are resources, you know, that might affect the site. That's the generic letter that we do for all yep. projects right now. And then um, what the zoning ordinance is saying, if if there are resources identified, you have to uh, demonstrate no disturbance or impact as verified by DCR or Virginia Department of Wildlife, whatever state agency. It doesn't say provide a, a impact assessment, field assessment to the county. I mean, you've got to work that out with the state agency, what what level of uh, site impact, assessment, evaluation, yeah. impact analysis is going to satisfy them to issue a subsequent letter that says, okay, we had said that this species or whatever you know significant geologic formation may be in the area but now you've provided this information and we are in concurrence i'm speaking broadly uh that this uh this plan this project uh does not disturb or have significant impact i'm assuming that's what we would try to get from the state agency exactly and what if it does impact well, well then you're not going to get the letter from the state saying that it doesn't impact and we're set so, <laughs> right same thing as I, I like the analogy of the wetlands until we resolve that wetland issue we can't move forward with the county so what we are asking is asking for is if typically the dcr on the letters that you all typically receive it says that there is potential for these habitats or potential for these natural heritage resources what we are asking for is a specific field assessment Based on that, if the state identifies that there is potential, you need to go out there, look for it to find if there is actuality. Coordinate and with I the state, determine that, and determine your impacts. With the state. We're okay with that, but we with want to state, process yeah. that with the state agency and get their affirmation that either we've mitigated or shown no disturbance or impact. Right. And and we deal with that with the state. We get a, a verification letter of some sort back that will attach to the plan and provide to the county and does the so county I, get involved in that process at all between you and the, the state or does that strictly between the developer and the state with the state i think that between the developer for wetlands, anyway, i mean i'm just saying for wetlands between. we do we make comments on the state permit so we and they they coordinate with us on those so there is a little bit of coordination there um i don't I mean I mean, you I mean would in, have. And you mean in terms of like making sure that you have your permit and you're disturbing where you say you're disturbing? Is that what you mean? No, before they issue the permits, there's um, 
if if it goes out for comment, um, yeah, there's a public like comment. A, there's a public yeah, comment period, comments. and we submit comments to okay. to core. Um, I don't know that we've had. I'm trying to think. I, like I said, I haven't been here that long, so I, I know we've had one where there were natural. There was a. It was uh, some type of historical site where archaeology submitted comments on the permit. I don't know if we've run into the other um, the other issues where there would be impacts to wildlife, Alex. No, and, and the way that I see it I is need, that we are. I need to interrupt for a moment, uh, and I really apologize. This is a significant issue, and I'm sorry okay. I can't continue um, the conversation with you all. Would I do need someone from the PRC? to take over lead as chair in this conversation. And secondly, Laura, I don't, do we have a quorum to even make any uh, approval or recommendations mm -hmm. on this? Four, five, six, seven, eight. I don't know if I'm counting you, but I think we have eight. Because I'm getting ready to have to hang up here right now. So, I, and again, I, I this is not intended to break the quorum, but if it does, continue the conversation. Just Melanie, understand we may not be able to give you a formal yay or or, or no, yeah, yay or nay. Sure. So, so before before you go, Laura, with Kevin, is there a quorum, and without, there is not. Is that what we're saying? I'm going to double check. We need eight. <laughs> we need eight. So I'm trying to count and make sure so, I do because we've lost Joe too. Yeah, lost quite so, a few, so if you could just hang tight for like two minutes, I, Kevin. I, I will. I will. Four. Thank you. Five, six, seven, eight. If we lose Kevin, we lose Corum. Okay. So before you go, could we? Um, would you? Are you all okay with the uh, everything else that was presented, um, excluding this one, and we can continue the conversation um, and, and regroup again with this one later? So. Um, can we can we get the OKs on the other ones formally and then we'll just hold tight with this one? So I think there was one we didn't present. Um, addition of ANSI plant material requirements. It, it was on that. Um, the other one that we did. And with everything we've talked about yeah. up to this and point. We didn't, yeah. Oh, there it is. Yeah. And we didn't get any comments on it either. Okay, addition right. dance, see that one. Okay. Seven. Yeah. A and just A. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I'd support that. Yeah. I don't we don't want to. Yeah, I believe this was based on, on your yeah. recommendations, so hopefully it's okay. <laughs> okay. And I I will just um a parting thought, you know, I, I understand and appreciate getting this information well in advance of our meeting but it really is a break from our i mean just because you don't get a comment please don't think that uh, we, we don't have a discussion about things during your meeting uh, oh absolutely um we, okay. yes, we have all the information here but we wanted to focus on what we did get comments on and then if we don't if nobody really has any comments we can just move on and we don't need to go through right. it you know that kind of saves everybody and, time it 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 does in a way, but also this the, the committee works as a whole, not individually. And sometimes until another committee member sees someone else's comment, we we can't 
Um, just move on from it? it right. We can't just yeah. move on. So I, I just want to be careful with this protocol. It's 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 really not the way the committee functions. I see how this is a way to potentially expedite things, but I don't want there to be the uh, a precedent set that, oh, because no one commented on this particular sentence, uh, we're not going to discuss it. That, that's like, all I'm saying. Yeah, I like the idea. Just bring it up and make your make your statement of, hey, we didn't no one commented on this. Is everyone good? And then that yeah. could be enough to move on. Right. Yeah, and that, that's right. the intent. If no one if yeah. anyone has comments, feel free to bring them up. Um, and if you don't. We're all good right. to go. All right. Okay. All right. So so are we good? So is everyone in agreement? I don't know. Do you normally take a vote or anything, Laura, or just we don't if, unless there's an objection. There's no need for us to vote. It's a consensus okay. Um, okay. response. And I'm not hearing their objections to that okay. those first couple of um, items. OK, so we'll hold. We'll regroup a little bit. I, I, I would say you don't have it because I have no idea what you guys discussed. <laughs> I yeah, can't yeah. agree to something. I, I you know, if, if someone okay. was there before and left, I, I can't fill in. I, I don't think you have. OK, I, I can't agree to that. That's fine. It, it, so. We're going to leave this open for follow up. Comment, how's that? You may not oh. have to present it again, but Keith, you know. If you read this uh, after the meeting and say, wait a second, I, I've got issues, you're reserving the uh, opportunity to revisit some yeah, of the I, I just language. don't even know what you guys talked about or what you didn't, so I can. No, no, I understand. Okay. So I'm leaving it open that. Yeah. So that it. But at our next meeting, if you say, OK, I looked at it. I don't have any further okay. questions. We'll we'll wrap it. Understood. Is that fair? I I think this is the struggle of we didn't look at the text. I think that's what I'm hearing. And I heard the same thing from Jason. When are we going to have the opportunity to review the text? Right. And make edits. So just for what it's worth, that's. I think they're having a difficult time signing off because we didn't scroll through the changes and any potential staff changes. Right. Beyond we, we did. We did. We scrolled them all. But. Keith, to your point, you weren't here when we talked about it, so <laughs> I can understand that you don't you don't want to say, yeah, this is great, and you weren't here. So I can completely understand that. So I think we'll we'll bring these back to the next meeting. Um, we'll regroup a little bit on this one um, uh, and see what we can if if there's anything that we can do to clarify this, or if we need to talk about it a little bit more. And you know, if you want to look back through the other ones that were sent out, and you have questions or comments, feel free to send those to us as well. But I think it sounds like um, the other ones we were pretty much just a, some pretty minor changes anyway, but this one is a new requirement and um, looks like we need to talk about it a little bit more and see if we can see what we can do, if anything, to kind of clarify this and make it a little bit easier on you guys. I just want to also plant the idea in your head that if, if we do come to an agreement with your recommendations, I think we need to go further about what it is we have to provide to you because it is not very well think, defined out. Yeah. I think that's fair. So I just okay. didn't, want you, didn't um, want you to think that even if we agreed, we're done because there, need, there needs to be a lot more work, even if we do agree. I, I think I think that's fair. Yes. Right. Just Laura, let the record know that I have to step aside and my apologies to the committee. Thank you, Kevin. All right.
but don't see everybody. Have a wonderful holiday. You too, Kevin. You too, Kevin. All right. Do, does anyone want to talk about this in, anymore? Do you want to just table it, let us regroup a little bit, and then we'll talk about it again at the next meeting? I think the one thing that would be helpful to to talk about between now and the next meeting is, is there a process at DCR to actually review to do what the zoning warrant seems to indicate, which is that, that we'd be providing this mitigation plan to them. And then we'd need be needing to prove to the to county staff that yes, we've submitted it to them and they now provide a letter saying that there's no impact, basically. Uh, you know, um, you know, so that's something I'm not sure if any you know, maybe somebody already knows that answer, but I don't know that because I've never asked them for that. This is a new process. In the past it was just getting a letter, but um, I think it would be helpful to know whether they will do that. Will they review a plan and review the field findings or whatever is needed to show that no impact? Do they do they have a process already for that? Yeah. So Cody, with that point out, I'm going to ask a question to Laura. Like uh, our role on the committee, are we allowed to present this to um, industry experts and get their input about it they they would be the ones who would tell yeah. us how process goes yeah. and what, what actually happens are we good to make those open those conversations up with um folks in the industry yes. that, that do this on a yes. day in a day all right all members the only the ones we can't talk about it with yeah and if we can't talk about it with or each other and if you get information on that feel free to reach out to me directly or reach out to me through laura um and with what you come back with, because I do think um, I think we have an idea of what we were looking for in our mind, but it's obviously not communicating really well. And um, we need to clarify exactly what um, DCR will look at and will require. And we're going to um, reach out to them as well. So um, if you find if you get any other information, please do communicate that to us as well between now and the next meeting. Yep. Thank you. It would also be Department of Wildlife Resources, right? Yeah. They're mm -hmm. both involved. Okay. So just for like, Brandon, if you're asking, could you ask about both? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's completely fair that we need to refine this a little bit more and then come back. So. Yeah, but can I ask a, a process question? That Sure. So we have the comprehensive plan and then we have the flow down of the of the comprehensive plan requirements into the zoning ordinance. And I'm, I'm thinking maybe you guys looked at the comprehensive plan as um, kind of the same or zoning ordinance at the same level of requirements as the comprehensive plan. And I think what's been told to us is that the zoning ordinance is the codification of the comprehensive plan, which is somewhat loose you know is, is aspirational in some places it's but the zoning ordinance is where it's supposed to be nailed down and so if it's not in the zoning ordinance we in the fsm group are sort of um kind of working on our own authority and i, I that might be the disconnect here but and and i don't know if that's true or not but i certainly would like to hear your explanation for it because i know that it's come up again and again as 
sometimes the comprehensive plan is is the word of God written on the tablets, and other times it's a you know it's kind of a a thing for you know to to aspire towards. How are you guys processing it? Because it's not clear to me, frankly, how it's supposed to be implemented. Well, John, comprehensive plan isn't law. The zoning ordinance is. Right. That's, that's, that's what I understand. So on a, and we're dealing with administrative, regula- administrative procedures here. So I think the discussion is completely different. We're talking about rezoning applications. And what what would be because that's where you know these things comprehensive plan have a lot more um, impact. But yeah, you know, we we have enough work to do to try to just just to get the changes from the zoning ordinance into the FSM. That trying to reach out and try to say, well, did we get everything that's in the comprehensive plan? I mean, that is that is way beyond our scope. Um, to to even. You know, that's that's just not what the FSM is about. And and that's kind of what I heard, Melanie, is from your side is that this this requirement exists in the comprehensive plan and therefore we have to implement it here in the FSM, but it didn't flow through the ZOR. And that's I think where the committee is having a bit of a you know, kind of a why are we doing this um, question in the in their minds. Yeah, I think I think my response to that would be is that the intent was for it to flow through the ZOR, and I think the wording didn't quite get okay. there. So. so we need to fix the ZOR probably or yeah. decide. Yeah, OK, that makes sense. And, and really, we shouldn't. Hmm. The FSM is part of the zoning ordinance, though, so it's not just an implementation of the zoning ordinance. So that's another. Um, Thing that seems to be debated at the, the legal levels. That's why I asked for the um, clarification that the zoning, the, the FSM is part of the zoning ordinance. Okay, I'm done. So the impression I got, John, was just that staff was um, looking to the comp plan for some additional guidance. And also presenting sort of the flow, you know, where it came from and the evolution of the standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Helps to promote understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, we need to regroup and readdress it. I agree with that. But I will yeah. say sometimes comp plan things don't make it to ordinance because the things that Melanie's doing, like asking DCR and they find out there is no process. So what was envisioned in the comp plan going to be implemented? You know, there's, there's lots of reasons why things could change from comp plan to zoning right. ordinance or even from zoning ordinance to FSM. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be a procedural thing, could be a staffing thing, programmatic. I mean, there's just so many yeah. reasons. You know, yeah, yeah, things aren't good. Point. You know, so there I would expect some variation. We should have some tolerance for for some variation. <laughs> okay. Hopefully we're asking the right questions. I'm sorry. I said hopefully we're asking the right questions. I think that. No, I think this conversation has been very helpful. Um, It has helped me to understand what the concerns are so that we can take this back and um, try to alleviate those. Yeah. Do you want to um, send 
some revised text out and do like yeah. a second round of comments. Is that where you're heading? Yeah, I can. I'll send the. I can send you the revised text. I have it ready. I just didn't want to send it out yet in case there were more updates to make. But it doesn't look like there's any updates that I need to make right now based upon these conversations. So I can send um, send that out to you, Laura. You can get that out to the group. I'll try to get that out to you tomorrow. Yeah, I think that might help if people are going to go yep. seek input for them to yep. share the language. Absolutely. Okay, the most current language. Okay. All right, so I think that kind of wraps this up for now. So we'll bring this back to the next meeting. I um, And I just wanted to kind of give you a preview. I know you guys are looking forward to talking about soil volume and proximity. I know that is everybody wants to, to weigh in on that one. Um, we have not presented that to you yet because we're still doing a little bit of tweaking to it. Um, our intent was to bring that to you in January. I don't want you to get your hopes up if we get bumped um, because there's a lot of updates that are going on right now. Um, so if we don't get it to you in January, it'll definitely be February, but um, do not fear. We will get your input on it and we will send it out. So don't worry, it is coming. Um, I'm just not exactly sure what date it's gonna be, but it is, it is on the way. And then we have a few other updates that we're gonna bring to you all. Um, I think mostly it's site restoration and then um, just like when the risker has to be implemented. I think those are really like the majority of what we have left. But we'll um, we'll we'll work on this and then we'll reconvene. Uh, we'll work with Laura on which date that's going to be and um, we'll go from there. That sounds great. Thank you, Melanie, and all of your staff for all of your work on this and for presenting this and answering questions today. Absolutely. And thank you all for the input. Appreciate it. And um, hopefully we can come up with something that works and is implementable for everybody. That sounds good. Do any uh, committee members have any other issues that we need to attend to before we adjourn? Laura, when's our next meeting? Ah, very good question. Hopefully you all got the barrage of invites that I sent out to you. Um, I sent two different meetings, one for the first Thursday and one for the for the third Thursday, our next meeting is actually January 4th. Okay. I get updates every day from you, Laura, on the meetings. A lot of updates. I'm sorry. Thank you for your patience. I had a lot of documents to get out, and um, so they kind of sprinkled slowly this time. So you got a lot more correspondence from me. Yeah, and then I had to send to you a virtual you, meeting link. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and thank, thanks to Keith, because he reminded me. Otherwise, we would have all been sitting here like, where do we go? <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to thank the committee for all of your work this year. I really, we, we really appreciate it as staff. You um, enlighten us to things that we might not have otherwise considered. Appreciate your patience in going through multiple uh, drafts of the zoning ordinance rewrite and providing meaningful input. There were some changes to the mid-block passageway text. I think I'll let Joe share them maybe next time, but I think it got resolved um, so that it was limited to only certain districts. So kudos to all of you for your work on that. I think that came out in committee. So I just am thankful for all of you. I wanna wish you a happy holiday season and I hope everybody enjoys some time off and look forward to seeing you all after the first of the year. Thanks, Laura. Thank you, happy holidays. Thank you. Happy holidays, everybody. Yeah.